To spank or not to spank? That is the question. Well, it's not really the question if you're a Christian parent, because the Bible is very clear that we spare the rod, we spoil the child, and God disciplines those he loves. But is there a right or wrong way to do it? Check out my interview with today's guest as he gives us a paradigm shift on the do's and don'ts of spanking our children, God's way. You don't want to miss this. Real Men Connect is next. Real Men Connect, episode 112. Welcome to Real Men Connect. Are you ready to be the extraordinary man, husband, father, and leader God called and created you to be? Then get ready to receive wisdom and guidance from some of the country's most respected men of faith as you learn everything you need to know to go from good man to great man God's way. No judgment, no shame. Just real men with real challenges seeking real change. All for God's glory. Hello, mighty men of God, and welcome to the Real Men Connect podcast, where we help good men become great men God's way. I'm your host, Dr. Joe Martin, and every week we interview some of the nation's most respected and accomplished men of faith to find out what it really takes to become the kind of husband, father, and spiritual leader God called and created us to be. Each interview session is packed with practical, proven biblical principles you can immediately apply in your relationships, on your job, and in your community. Today, we have with us a personal friend of mine, Frederick Gray, who is a national speaker, author, and the founder of Fathers of Faith and Daughters of Excellence Retreat in Tampa, Florida. He's a husband and father. Now, check this out. He's a husband and father of five children, two boys, three girls, ages 12 to 1, with one more on the way. Can you believe that? (laughs) And he's passionate about teaching fathers how to win the hearts of their children. He's also the author of How to Win Your Children's Heart Using God's Word. Now, I met Frederick several years ago at a seminar in Las Vegas where I was speaking, and we connected years later after he reached out to me about possibly speaking at his father-daughter retreat, which has received amazing testimonies from fathers who've attended with their daughters. Now, since that time, Frederick has become a faculty member on our Real Men University campus on Facebook, where he teaches weekly lessons on fatherhood. Now, I asked Frederick to be on the show today because a few weeks ago, he posted an article in Real Men University about the do's and don'ts of spanking. That's right, of spanking your children. And this is a very touchy subject for parents, but I'm sure many new fathers out there have to deal with it and they have many questions. So that's why I brought them on the show today. So I want to ask Frederick Tom to join us in this discussion about the do's and don'ts of spanking your children. Frederick, thank you so much for joining us on the Real Men Connect podcast, brother. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. Excited. Hey, hey man, I tell you, um, you know, we were talking before we came on the air about how controversial this topic is, and we're going to get to it. But, Frederick, before we get started, you know, I always um, ask our guests to share their favorite Bible verse to tell us what gives them inspiration from the Word of God. What's your favorite Bible verse and why, brother? Right now, and that changes, but right now my favorite Bible verse is Philippians 4.13, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And uh, that's my favorite Bible verse because I think I've, I've gone through some seasons in my life where I just have limited myself and I've uh, forgotten where the power comes from, thinking I have to do it all. And so I'm, I'm trying right now in this season of my life to really submit myself to God and be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and just give my will over to the Lord and let his power work through me and just uh, let him work out the, the results and let me just be a conduit of his power, you know? I appreciate it. That's a great, and I, you know, obviously that's a very popular verse that a lot of people have too. And, and it gives people so much inspiration. So I'm not surprised that's one of yours as well. Now we're going to get into this topic about spanking and um, some people call it corporal punishment or whatever you want to call it. But uh, in your intro, I mentioned that you have five kids, brother, <laughs> five kids with a, um, another child on the way that's coming out. Uh, I guess your, your, your wife expected to give birth in March and I don't yeah, know when March this show. 13th. Yeah. So I don't know when this show is going to air, but if it airs in March, that means um, it'll be congratu- congratulations to you about your sixth, the birth of your sixth child. But with five children and with the sixth one on the way, obviously you have a love for family. But Frederick, I, I know um, part of your testimony and part of your story. Why don't you share with our listeners um, how you grew up as a kid? Because you would think a person who's a father of, of six kids would have come from a great background that was surrounded by love and warm and fuzzy feelings and everything. But that wasn't the case in your particular childhood, was it? No, I mean, I had some moments of some some great memories, but it was it was a chaotic childhood. I mean, I I have siblings 
that I've never met, got siblings with different, we all have different parents here and there. And uh, my mom, family disowned her because she wasn't married and, um, and, and because they were upset about my dad darkening the gene pool, so to speak. And, uh, and so I had, a, and I had a dad who was a womanizer. And he, he never, he told her he was going to marry her, but he never did. And I grew up seeing all these women coming in and out. And, and so it was, just, I just, uh, it was chaotic. And I was moving around a lot, staying with family members or friends, mom, dad, back and forth. And I, I never really lived very where, anywhere very long. Um, two years was the longest I lived anywhere up until I, I was 18. And so, I, but that being said, I had a mom who loved me and a dad who loved me. They both wanted me. And so they tried to love me in their own way. Did that mean I ever got spankings? My dad spanked me, but um, my mom yelled and she would scream. She would throw things sometimes. And so, uh, <laughs> and the spankings weren't even consistent because I, I was able to hide things from my dad and this and that. And so I don't know, it was really interesting. I mean, they weren't together either. So I was either, they never really were together in my life. So I never really had a lot of consistency in anything. So I had to always learn to adapt. And, um, but as a result, because of that, I was always looking for answers and I was always trying to figure things out. And then once, which brings it back to this issue, I didn't start really figuring this issue out until after I got saved at 21. And then I started realizing the Bible can teach me everything. I, you know, second Peter one, three says that he, God's given us everything we need for life and for godliness. So everything I needed was in the Bible. So I thought, man, if I can just read and understand then I can learn. And so I apply that to everything in my life. And as you'll see, even with spanking, I apply the Bible to everything. Yeah. And I got to tell you, I'm so impressed because, you know, now my children are up in age. I, I, I can't spank them anymore. Even I wanted to. <laughs> my, son's in, <laughs> my son's in college uh, and my daughter's now in high school. But um, I thought I pretty I did a pretty decent job when they were growing up. Um, but when I read your, your article and saw the, the response and comments from some of the guys in the university, I'm thinking, wow, Frederick really has gotten a good hold on this. This dude must have been studying this because I've never heard it taught this way before. Because um, you even describe spanking as a ritual that you do with children. Yeah, and if you don't yeah. mind, I want you to, um, to, to explain what you mean by that, of it being a ritual. And as you explain it, if and I'm, please forgive me if I interrupt you sometimes, because there's a lot of stuff you're going to share with us, and I might want to jump in sometimes and say, okay, now slow down. What do you mean by that? So, but let's let's just start with this thing that you got, this, this ritual. What, what do you mean by the ritual of spanking your children? Okay, well, let me say first, one of the reasons I started appreciating the art and the, the magic, so to speak, of a ritual is I realized that's part of what God has given us in, in a church community. I mean, if you're a member of a healthy church, I don't have to, I know at least once a week, I, I know where I'm going to find you. And that's, that's something God has given us to remind us about things, to encourage us, to teach us, to train us and uh, all kinds of things. And so I thought, and it also gives us security and it gives us comfort. We're not alone and all this community. So I thought, you know what, there's power in rituals. And then after a while I realized what I was trying to do, I didn't start out setting out the spanking to be a ritual. I just realized, hey, this is, this is becoming like a ritual. So let's make it, that's when I started piggybacking on the idea and making it a ritual. Here's what I mean. So once my children get old enough, like maybe late one for sure by two and a half for sure no later than two and a half generally speaking maybe it was a little later with some with one of them i because every child's different you got to acknowledge that it's not some of the things i'm going to share are cookie cutter but you have to be sensitive to your children and you'll see what i mean so here's what i do when my children and let me just first say there's a difference between spanking and beating I'm not, I'm not talking about abuse. I'm not talking about beating your kids. And I think anybody who listens will realize what I'm talking about is very deliberate. That's what I mean by ritual. It's deliberate. It's purposeful. It's helpful. And it, and it builds relationships between you and the child you're disciplining. And it becomes an anchor point that gives security to your child and to you. And, I, and, I, and ultimately, it's a ritual that helps drive both of our hearts to, to the Lord. And that's the same kind of benefits we get from the godly rituals that God has given us in a church setting. You know, in an ideal world, 
every healthy congregation, you're going to you're going to have some singing. Why? That's part of God's ritual. That he, so I, that's enough to say about that. But you get the point. So here's what I do. So when when there is blatant defiance and it is obvious that they they disobeyed me and they defied me, I'm not talking about didn't understand what I wanted them to do. I'm not talking about um, wasn't capable of doing it. I'm talking about clear understanding. I know they can do it. They know they can do it. They know what I expect, and they just did something and defied me, and blatantly. So. I bring them into a private place. Usually it's a bedroom. And then I'll say, um, and I, I got to say, before I tell you the ritual, I got to tell you the preparation for this. There's several things we do to prepare for this ritual. It's not something we start at maybe nine months or 10 months. I don't even, um, <clears throat> the only thing I've ever really done, even as late as not, and I don't even do this until at least nine to 12 months, is if they're sticking their finger like in a, now they're moving around, stick their finger in a socket or something, you might like, lightly swap their finger and say no but i might i want them to learn a few things i want them to learn no and i want them and i I made up a song to teach them that the most important thing in the world is to obey god i made up a song so i'm teaching them this song for they they know it by heart by the time i really start spanking them with this ritual and the song uh goes uh the most important thing in the whole wide world is to obey god the most important thing in the whole wide world is to obey god we obey God and we obey mommy. We obey daddy too. The most important thing in the whole wide world is to. And then we all yell, obey God. <laughs> I love it. And I so, love it. <laughs> so they get excited. They get to yell. Yeah, exactly. But, so now because of that song being anchored in the nervous system in a joyful, playful, loving way, when I start engaging in the ritual, the first thing I ask him is, um, What's the most important thing in the world? And they say, obey God. Ooh, I got that already to obey God. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, so they say, obey God. And so they've been singing this song their whole life. They hear us sing it in the family. So I say, um, what? A, and I, I also teach them too. But now, Frederick, let me interrupt you right there. I'm sorry, brother. But now you're you're indoctrinating them with this song and this, and I I get it because now they're singing it, and it's it's part of no different. If you sing hear a great song on the radio or an irritating song on the radio, you can't get out of your head. So you got them singing this in the house, and they're enjoying it, and they're enjoying singing it, and they're enjoying shouting and screaming about it. But how? Often do you sing this song in your home? <laughs> like, are you singing it every day or do you do it in the car? When did you? When is the appropriate time to be singing this song so they start picking up on it? In all the happy moments, in all, whenever. So in my family, I try to sing songs in my family. And, and let me tell you, I, you know, I'm not perfect. And so you might think we do it every day, but uh, there are seasons where it's not done every day. We've gone weeks without singing or doing things to the family. And we try to get back on track where I want to at least share at least one either Bible verse or at least one concept about God where I'm just trying to show them in a loving, enthusiastic way about God. And I always tell my kids, I love you so much, but God loves you more than even mommy and daddy love you. Things like that all the time. So to make them feel joy. So we, we there were seasons when we've done it daily. There's t- sometimes we'll just sing it out of the blue for fun because it's a fun song the kids love. And um, and, they, and we, whenever we sing it, we never sing it just once because um, they love to they love to yell at the end. And also the first after the first verse when I say is to obey God, I might point to somebody and that person has to say obey God. And then the next time I that point to somebody else and then. I'll say, we obey God and we obey. And I point to somebody and they have to say, mommy, and then we obey. And then I point to someone and say, daddy, too. So we do it at all the fun, all the times you'd have fun as a family. I want them to associate that fun with God and his love and that obeying God is a joyful thing. Obeying your parents is a joyful thing. And your parents will support you in that. We love you. And I want this to be. So whenever your family would do that. Now, if you're not a family who likes to sing, I encourage you. To try it, because <laughs> uh, it's, it's strong. There's a reason God wants us to sing. You know what I mean? There's a reason God has singing as part of what He has Christians doing, and so I'm trying. I enjoy. I think that's that's a great idea. I don't know if my family would like my singing, but I think that at least be memorable. Now, Frederick, I'm gonna get you back. I'm gonna get you back on track again. 
But you said you mentioned a private place. You said if they're now if they're going to be defined, that they have a clear understanding and they're defiant and they and they, there was clear expectation and they did not meet those expectations and they know they're in the wrong. You say you find a private place. But all this was set up that already I see the connection with God now in it. So there's not going to be any surprise when it comes to making that connection. But take us back to now the steps of that ritual. So you private place. Private place. And I ask him, what's the most important thing in the world? Obey God. I say, what does God tell you in Ephesians 6 1? And uh, they'll say, the first one I teach them is Ephesians 6 1, where they say, it's a children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Now, sometimes when they're young, you got to say the whole verse, and they say the last word, and it doesn't even, and they don't even say it real good, but they, they know the verse. And so I say it, and I say, did you obey daddy? And, um, and sometimes if they're real young, I specify now, daddy, I said, I'll say, who are your parents? Cause I realized with one of my kids, they didn't know, they didn't make the connection that parents equals mommy and daddy. I, so I, I'll say, now, who are your parents? Mommy, you and mommy or mommy and daddy. And I'll say, um, what did, what did mommy ask you to do? Or what did daddy ask you to do? And the, if they say it, I never tell them what it is. I never tell them you didn't obey me. I want them to tell me what happened. I want them to tell me what happened. I want them to tell me whether it was right or wrong. So I say, what did we ask you to do? And if they say, uh, let's just say, you know, mow the lawn or whatever. So you, and you didn't mow the lawn. So if you, if they, if they, if they can tell me what they were supposed to do, then I, that's a good, that's a good sign to progress. If they don't, I want to just remind them, do you remember when we said this? And if they, if they say yes, then, and I, by the way, Part of what part of the benefit of going to a private place is you can decompress and you have to calm yourself down. I'm a pretty intense guy. I heard yelling my whole life I, and it's easy for me to yell. So I, I got to calm myself down and, and I try to speak super gentle. So I don't want the emotional interference of yelling to disrupt the message or the ritual. So I say, so you were supposed to mow the lawn and uh, my two year old son. And so I said, uh, um, did you obey daddy? No. If you don't obey daddy, then uh, did you obey God? No. And they realize they don't obey God. And then I'll read to them. I never quote. Um, And by the way, if I don't know Ephesians 6.1 or if they're kind of fuzzy, I never quote it to them. I will read it to them. I forgot to mention that. I want them to see me opening the Bible and reading it. I think that adds to the impact of it not coming from me, but it's coming from God. Because they're... they, I never, I never will quote it. I mean, if they get older, I might quote it here and there, but I really, especially for the young years, I want them to see me opening that Bible, even though I can say it left and right. They got to see me because they realize, okay, this is coming from God. So then I share with them a verse about disciplining your children. And I might even, um, so I'll read one. Of, right, here's one. Proverbs 13, 24 says, whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. Or I might read another one or whatever. There's a good one. Proverbs 22, 15 says, um, foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline drives it far from him. So I'll explain that the rod means a spanking or rod of discipline is a spanking. So I said, what is God telling me to do if you don't obey? And they, if they don't get it, if it's one of the first times, I say, he's telling me to give you a spanking if you don't obey. So even, so then that's that. I'll ask them if they know, because I want them to tell me what God says I'm supposed to do. So then after that, I'll say, if I don't spank you, am I obeying God? And they, they, they usually will get it. Sometimes one of them I had to ask a few times when they're young or what have you. But uh, if I, so they have to get, I said, the most important thing is in the world is to obey God. Am I supposed to obey God? Yeah. If God tells me to give you a spanking when you don't obey, what do I have to do? And they say, give me a spanking. And sometimes they'll start crying right at this point. And this is, this is um, very important to stay calm. And so then I say, um, well, I want to obey God. And because I love God and want to obey him, and I, I love you, and want you to have a daddy that obeys God. I want your dad, I want to be a dad that obeys God for you so I can show you how to obey God. I'm gonna give you a spanking. And I said, it's gonna hurt, 
but we trust the Lord. And this is going to help you become a better child. It's going to help me become a better dad. So what? I, so then I say, I ask him, I say, um, now, do you know why? Even though we just went through that, I'll ask him again. Do you know why you're getting a spanking? And I want them to tell me. If, if they can't tell me, I mean, I might spend five minutes on this. Because I, I want to, I don't, and sometimes I've, and there's been even a few times where I stop. Right? In, in, in the middle of this ritual, I don't complete it. Because something inside me tells me there's a disconnect somewhere. And I just, either they're not mature enough to get it, or I, they don't, um, they don't really understand why they're getting a spanking. And sometimes I'll explain it to them, and they still don't get it. And if that happens, then I just really want to be careful about moving forward with this. Because I, what I don't want to do is what Ephesians 6.4 says, not to provoke your children to, to wrath, but to bring them up with the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So I think one of the ways you can provoke your children to wrath is to mess up the, the instruction or mess up the discipline. And so, um, so anyway, so do you know why you're getting a spanking? If they do, then we're going to proceed. And then what I do then is I pray with them. And now this is before so, you actually the spanking takes place. You pray with them. Absolutely. Wow. I, I I pray with them before. And so what I pray for is I pray and they and they enjoy the, the, the let me tell you when they know they're about to get a spanking and I'm going to pray with them and I hold them during the prayer. I'm trying to. And by the way, these verses all on spanking, the Proverbs, everything, all talk about a rod. So the rod, I think, is a very important distinction. Have I ever used my hand to swap my child's bottom or whatever? Yeah. But is it my preference not to? Yes. Because I want them to associate my hands with comfort, with safety, with love. And there's power in me grabbing um, a wooden spoon or something like that because they see it and they know what that means and that they don't have that distinction with your hand. What am I going to do? Ball up my hand to a fist or wave my hand in the air with my palm and show you, I just don't think that's effective. I don't think it's as, I'm not saying you can't do it, but my, my strong preference is to stick with some kind of rod type instrument that God said, have I used a belt? Yeah, I've used a belt. But um, I want, I'm sticking with what it says in the Bible. I trust God, even if it doesn't make sense. And, but I for sure don't want them to associate my hand with the, the, the swat or the, the spanking. And here's why. You, you probably can imagine, if you haven't ever seen it, women who have been abused by their husband. And then you, being a man, you see something in their hair. You reach for their hair, and they, they flinch. Because they're seeing an, the, a tool of love, a tool of care and just com compassion, your hand, and they're associating it with pain and abuse and, and this and all that kind of stuff. So I just think, I don't want that to be the case with my kids, so let's associate the rod. So when we pray, when I wanted to throw that out there as a distinction. So the prayer, when they know the spanking's coming, they, they welcome a prayer where you hold them because it's delaying the pain. And so, in my, at least this is my observation. This is not something I thought of before. This is just pure observation from dealing with five kids. And so when I spank, when I pray for them and pray for the whole experience, I'm holding them, which also, by the way, helps you get in touch with how they're feeling because you can feel their body reacting to what their anticipation. I'm not trying to torture them. I'm not trying to, but we're praying for this. I pray that my child will obey his parents or his or her parents i'll pray that we we all and sometimes i'll even pray that we all obey our parents even me because i want to be an example of that so I, then we pray that we obey god and we pray for this specific thing you didn't mow the lawn like i said or yeah yeah threw the grape juice against the wall or what, something, whatever i'm just thinking of stuff so pray that we would never do that again and then i pray for me I, and I, it's important they hear you pray for you for you. So I pray for me, and I and there's four particular fruit of the spirits that I've always prayed for when I spank my kids. I pray that I'll spank them in um, in love, in kindness, that I'll spank them in gentleness and self-control. So I'm asking God to give me these things so I have wisdom. To know how to spank my children and then i um i also pray that the spanking will help us both 
to remember that God loves us and that um, obeying God is a good thing and that it hurts to not obey God. So that's the prayer. Then we stop. Then I have them lay down and I want them to lay down. I, I'll, it's, it's, I sometimes wonder if I'm, making, if I'm being too um, uh, overly communicating this, but I tell them, I say, I want you to put your belly button on the bed because they always want to look up at me or whatever and turn around. So I say, you be still. You uh, put your belly button on the bed, your feet right here, and I'll point in your head right here. So I just tell them where to go so it eliminates them having to think or worry or whatever. And then me misunderstand their lack of decision. So that's telling them where to go. And then um, most of the time, my kids have been still. But I'll talk about, I'll talk about what happens when they won't be still for a spanking in a minute. But um, so then I spank them. Now, on the bottom. I don't, I don't like to, you know, I had a relative who used to take the switch and whip me on the back of the thighs and, you know, I'll just, uh, I, I want, here's the point of the spanking to me. It's got to hurt, but it, it's got to hurt bad enough that it affects them. And it's also got to be, um, an, so it's got to hurt, but you don't want it to damage them. You know what I mean? You get a real delicate walk there. And, you, and, and, and I encourage all, you know, your parental judgment. I can't tell you one time. I've heard people say one time if he's one, two times if he's two, three times if he's three. And to me, no disrespect to anybody out there who might believe that, but you probably only had one or two kids. And so, <laughs> because uh, it's almost like the, like the Bill Cosby joke when he's asking whose parents and he asked somebody, Okay, you're a parent. How many kids do you have? And they said one. He said, you don't count. Because if the lamp, <laughs> he says, if the lamp breaks, you know who did it. Right. And so, um, so I, you got to use your judgment. Um, I have two children who are so tenderhearted that I ended up not spanking them. Because my son, Malachi, he's seven years old. He's got such a good heart. He'll start crying when he knows he did something wrong. He said, Daddy, I'm so sorry. Will you please forgive me? And um, Total brokenness. <laughs> oh, man. And so I don't want to do it. I mean, I, it's hard, but sometimes I do it anyway. But in some situations, you're going to have – I got some kids who I might swat them once or twice just to make the point, and they're crying their eyes out. But I got others who are real obstinate. And my wife, I'll tell you, my – I was real tenderhearted as a kid. My wife was real obstinate and stubborn. And I have one daughter. Well, let me finish the ritual. I'll tell you what happens with this one child who was just wouldn't be still. So after I spanked them, I immediately lay down with them next to the bed. And I hold them. I want to, and as gently as, as I can, I try to rub their arm. I rub their back, rub their hair. But I want to lay with them. And while I'm laying with them, I, I made up another song. This song is a song I sing after I spank them. And here's how, here's how it goes. Um, I love you, I love you, I love you because you are a blessing from God. I love you, I love you, I love you because you are a blessing from God. Sometimes people make some mistakes. But I will always love you anyway. I love you. I love you. I love you because you are a blessing from God. And then it keeps on going. And you can just sing it forever, like wow. 10, 20 times. Wow. So then. Um, and now, Fred, did I, you came up with these songs yourself or did you get them from somewhere? How, how did no, you I just made them up. Wow. I made up. God bless so you, brother. That's, I've that's got awesome. a musical background a little bit. And so. Um, that's, it's fun for me to do that. I've got other songs I made up too. And so it's really fun. I like, I do that to help create the ritual. So, and to help heal whatever's there, I want to reinforce because, and when Paul was writing the first, the city of Corinth in first and second Corinthians, he talks about discipline in the first letter, but then in the second letter in uh, chapter two, I think it is, he says, listen, I didn't say make this forever. You got, he kept saying, you got to reaffirm your love for them. So after discipline, there has to be the reaffirmation of love. So um, has there been a handful of times when I've spanked my children and just had to leave the house because I was in a hurry? 
and I tell my wife, deal with it or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know what I mean? I right. mean nothing, life happens. But in general, we have had major um, inconveniences that we've just had to deal with because my spanking ritual sometimes will take 45 minutes. And um, this isn't something that happens in five minutes. So then after I, so I sing the song, uh, something else about singing that song. Um, if I feel the need and if they're really hanging on to it and really hurt or really feeling whatever, I want to try to take control of their emotions and deal with this and lead them to a more positive place. So I speed up the song and make it more playful. And then I kiss them in between each verse. I'll show you how. I, so I'll go, I love you. Uh, I kiss them on the head. And, I love you. I love you because you're a blessing from God. And I love you. And then I just keep going. Sometimes he will make some mistakes. And so then they start smiling. So I'm kissing them and I'm singing the song in a playful way. You know, you could sing the most encouraging, fun song and make it sound depressing by slowing it down. You know <laughs> right. what I mean? Yeah. And vice versa. Yeah. Vice versa. So I speed it up. And that's my desire to try to reaffirm my love for them, discipline them. So how many times do you spank your child? I believe discipline should be short and sweet. But I want I, I, I you know, I get nervous saying this is going to be on the podcast for everybody. But let me tell you, I, I make it hurt. It's got to hurt. It's got to. Otherwise, there's no point. They will laugh at you and lose respect for you. And there's and the ritual loses all importance and all meaning, all power. And God disciplines us. Go read Hebrews 12, 5 through 11. Read about how God disciplines us and how that discipline is painful. It's not pleasant, but yet it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness by those to those who have been trained by it. Well, I want to be trained by God. And it says it may hurt sometimes, but he's going to make you a righteous person. And that's what I'm trying to do with my kids. It may hurt. So I, I always tell them not obeying God hurts. So anyway, then after I sing... That's it. That's the ritual. And so occasionally I pray with them afterwards, but usually I don't. I just pray before and then I sing the song afterward and I hold them. And then I might say, do you want to go eat dinner now or do you want this? And they're good. And it's and I'm telling you, man, Joe and everybody listening, if anything I say sounds controversial, I want you to hear me when I say this. Every single time we have done this and it was warranted. And we did it the right way. And even if our children, if we had our older, my oldest uh, two children, sometimes might get hard-headed or obstinate or, you know, whatever, uh, prideful. I'm telling you, this ritual breaks their hearts in the best of ways. And they will be affectionate with you in ways they haven't been. They will they'll be more receptive to you. Everything will be at peace. And you'll think, where in the world was this child before I spanked him? And why did I have to spank him to do this? And you, you just go, well, I guess God knows what he's talking about or God knows. And you, and you start seeing validation of God's plan. Not that you need to see it to believe it and do it, but it sure does help. And it, it's powerful. It's, re it's amazing. So I want to say this works. It really does. And um, if your child, I, we had a problem. My last, my five-year-old daughter, Amara, would just be, she was, sorry, she would never lay down and be still. She'd put her hands and feet behind her bottom. She would roll over and this and that. Occasionally, my, my wife and I would hold her down when it was happening, and I didn't like that at all. That happened a few times. I thought, you know what? I don't want to do that. I don't like that. Maybe I, just, I, I don't want it to be counterproductive. I thought there's got to be a way we can have her willingly of her own will be still. And so here's what I came up with. I, um, I tell her. I say, you're going to get a spanking. And then also I'll say, do you want a short spanking or a long spanking? <laughs> and um, a short one. So I say, well, then you need to be still. If you put your hands behind there or feet, because then when they do that, you end up hitting their hand or foot. And that's not good. I don't like that. And so then, um, so I say, you got to be still and keep your belly button on the bed. If you be still, it'll be a short spanking. Well, they'll get the point after it happens once or twice. And now she's an angel. She stays still. And you can make a spanking hurt in a couple of times, you know, not many, many times if you, you know, and so it hurts enough. And then I, I feel even uncomfortable saying it that way, but that's, it's got to hurt. And so, um, so, but, but until we got to that point, what I would do is I would have her, I would lay on my back on the bed and I would have her lay on my stomach 
and I would go through the whole ritual while she's laying on my stomach looking at me face to face. And I and I'd make sure she was low enough that I could do what I'm about to tell you. So I would before I spanked her, before we pray, after I pray, I would use my leg to hold her feet down. And then I would use my arm around her back to just keep her hands away from her bottom. So I don't want to hit those. And then I would I would swat her bottom. Um, and then but but now she's an angel and she is um, she'll be still. She understands. And she's a much happier child um, as a result because she's not fighting us. She's content. And and unless you have a question, I want to talk about the power of boundaries and why we must have clearly, clearly defined boundaries that are consistently enforced. You know, it- and, and Frederick, I, I probably I don't know if we will get into that or not, because I got a lot of questions I want to throw at you. And I know for those who are out there listening, probably are thinking this is the most quiet I've ever heard, Joe, <laughs> on an interview with someone. Because, Frederick, I can tell you, man, um, I'm quiet because um, this is why I love doing this show. This is why I love doing the Real Men Connect podcast. Um, I grew up in a very volatile home. And where, yeah, there wasn't spankings, there were beatings, pretty much. And, I, and I'm not condemning my mother, um, and I don't want people to take this the wrong way, because I don't want to dishonor her, but I'm just telling you the truth, that real men connect, we keep it real. And as you're going through this ritual, I, I'm just, I, I don't know about the other people out there listening, but I'm in awe of it. Because I, I thought I did a pretty decent job with my kids, as far as I'm, I'm spanking them. Matter of fact, um. Um, I, I can probably count on one hand how many times I've had to do it because I've been able to speak some sense into my children. <laughs> Thank goodness. But at the same time, when you went through this ritual, and I mean, I have numerous notes on my, my sheet here. And I'm amazed, one, that you can remember to do all of this, <laughs> number one. But I guess after having five kids, you do it enough, you'll, you'll remember it. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm seeing God's fingerprints all over this. And and it's touching my heart, Frederick, because I can imagine I know my mother loves me. I know she does. And I know there's a lot of parents out there who love their children. And I'm going to get into asking some questions on the opposite end. But for the parents out there who's who definitely believe in spanking and um, corporal punishment or any cross line that when we don't follow these I mean, we're not saying they have to follow this down to the letter. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but what what you're doing, I love the way you incorporate God into this, and how you're showing the different attributes of God, and which we're supposed to reflect the Godhead to our children. Um, but for those out there who are spanking their kids or crossing line to beating the kids, that is bad enough that you're doing physical harm to them. But I'm hoping by hearing how you outline these steps that they're missing the opportunity to reflect Christ to their children. Where you were talking about in Hebrews, uh, you're absolutely right about, it says um, it produces righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. That's called by discipline because it is painful. Is that we're missing an opportunity to reflect the love of God and the love of Christ to our children through hard situations. And if you really want your kids to walk in the admonition of the Lord and to walk in the steps of obedience, we have to show God in the proper perspective. And I'm in awe of this, Frederick, because I can just imagine if I was handled this way as a kid. I can imagine of all the numerous kids we see who were being abused out there by Christian parents for some of them. What if they were taken through this process? I'm not shocked and surprised that your kids have responded well to this, even though you were. Because you know why? Because you're doing it God's way. And so, but now that's enough said about that. I'm going to hop on the opposite side of the fence. Wait, before you do that, I yeah. want to say something. One last thing. Sure. Um, you know, parents, if they've been beating their kids, whatever, they do what they learn. So, you know, that's why I'm passionate about being on the podcast and thankful to you because I want to help expose people to options where they can make choices. But I want to get back to what you said. Hebrews 12, 11, the peace and righteousness. I am telling, I'm not bragging because it's not me. But I'm telling you, Joe, my children, to a man, every single one of my children has a better conscience than my wife and I ever have. They're talking about righteousness and the peace they have. They have such peace with our love and with God's love. And I'm telling you, I think this is a big part of it because and they they are 
greater than I am. Their faith is stronger in many, many ways. I mean, in some ways, mine is stronger. I'm more mature. But I'm telling you, their heart is so righteous and so peaceful and content, and they will stand up to anybody, and they're not afraid to do what's right. And I'm telling you, man, it blows me away. And I think part of this is part of it. So go ahead. Go yeah. be devil's advocate, whatever <laughs> what you said. Yeah, you know, I'm going to hit you with, a, I'm gonna hit you with a, a ton of questions real quick. Um, but it, but I could see, even with all these steps you're doing, I, I'm not surprised, Frederick. I, I'm not surprised at all, because as I'm looking at these steps that you're doing, and you're reaffirming you square. I tell you one of the things that really jumped out at me as we're going through. Now I'm gonna get to the questions, but I'm just I'm just in awe of this because I wish every parent, especially the fathers out there who are listening, could pick up on this. Um, is that when you open that Bible, that that is powerful to me. Cause what you're also sending a message is this is what we go to for answers. Yes. This this is our source. This is what we go to because the daddy, why are you picking up a Bible before you get ready to spank me? This is where we go to. This is what we decide to do. This is where we get our direction and our wisdom and our discernment from. This is where we get our instruction. And so, I mean, I could do that about all the, a lot of the stuff, especially the reaffirming. I'm out, oh, but I got to ask these questions, Frederick. Go ahead. <laughs> and I'm going to get on the opposite side of fence. Um, what do you say to people who say that when you spank your child, that you're teaching him or her to resolve things with violence and that it's okay to now hit someone. I've heard that, especially being in education, I hear that a lot, that they don't believe in spanking a kid at all because they said you're teaching your children violence. What's your response to that? My response is if you are vi- if you're violent, you will teach your children to be violent. However, when it comes to discipline, that's important that that be a, a stark contrast to everything else in the home. I, th- I think you set up the spanking to have impact by not being violent in, in your house and by being gentle with them in every ways, gentle with how you speak, gentle with how you touch them. And so that's, a, that's partly what you do to help set up a contrast. But also, that's also why you're showing them to not have it, to teach them violence, Part of what happens to make them not learn violence is you're putting the spanking on God. You're not spanking them because this makes me upset at what you did. So I'm going to use my hand or some implement to hurt you with physical pain. That's not what you're saying. You're saying, I love you and I love God. And the most important thing in the world is to obey God. And God is telling me to do this. So that's why I'm doing it. So they are not, if anything, they're going to have to deal with God. Now, if you do a good, if that's all you do is teach them that about God, you are, you are teaching them to worship or you are teaching them a God that's an idol. That's not really God. You're not teaching them about God's love and mercy and compassion and holiness and righteousness and everything else. And so you teach them about God and I think this helps them get a healthy understanding of who God really is, because most people, most young people now, studies show, think of God as what they call a cosmic genie or like this divine butler to just give you whatever it is you want. And, and I even heard someone say, and I think he makes the point well, you want to fill your church tomorrow, you go out to everybody and say, what do you want? And then tell them God will give it to them. And then, but that's not the way God works. Sometimes there's discipline that we already talked about. So my point is. They become like you if you don't ever guide them and teach them otherwise. That most things kids learn are caught as opposed to being taught. However, what happens when you're teaching them that God is doing this and then they're going to be disciplined by God and their God is having their parents spank them. I, I just emphatically disagree that it's going to teach somebody violence when you do it the way I taught it because you're praying and, and they, they, cause they see me spanking them. And before they see me spanking them, they hear me pray. And I mean it all the time for that. I do it in love, in gentleness, in kindness, and in self-control. I am very worried about losing control. So I don't want to lose control. I pray for self-control and they see it. They see that as soon as it's over, um, my, we, we build a bridge of peace. We reconcile. Now, let's take it back one last thing to the violence. How do I, why do I assert it won't teach them violence? Because what happens before violence? Anger. So if I can teach them to not be angry, they won't ever get violent. 
And so it's not the physical act that teaches violence. I think it's the anger that parents utilize when they spank their kids that teaches anger to the heart and then that they relate it to violence because you've shown them violence is the way to release that anger. That's why it's very important. I never say to my kids, this makes me angry, so I'm going to do this to you. I always say, this makes God angry. This make, How do you think? I'll ask him. How do you think you lying to mommy and daddy? How does that make God feel? Sad or whatever, you know? And so I say, yeah. And so I always make it about God. Sometimes I'll make it about us. I do. I'm not human. But ultimately, most of the time, I make it about God. And so just like Jesus said in Matthew 15, the things that come out of the heart are what defile us. That's how, If you never get angry, you're never going to get violent and, and lose your temper. And so I, that's why I say, if I don't show them anger, they won't adopt anger. And it's the, the physical thing I do is out of love and it's out of deference to God. And so that's why I strongly, that's, that's a short answer. I could go on, but about why I believe it's not teaching violence to kids because I'm not teaching them or showing them personal anger and lack of control. I'm showing them self-control. And if you are self-controlled, you won't get angry and you won't lose your temper physically. You know, and Frederick, that makes perfect sense to me. And yeah, throughout the process, when you described the ritual, um, I didn't sense that you were angry anytime in that process. So I love the way you answered that question. But now I'm going to ask you a, a tougher question. Let's do it. Okay. Um, by letting them see that this is your, your disobeying God and God is really um, showing us that you must be disciplined. Aren't you afraid by, by using the Bible when you're disciplining children that's going to make them feel negative towards God? or to see God in a less than loving way, because they're loving dad, but now they could be hating God. Yes. How do you respond to that? I am concerned about that, because that's a legitimate concern. And um, <clears throat> here's, I kind of addressed it a minute ago, but here's how you do it. You don't misrepresent God. You try your very, very best to represent God all the time in your life, in all the many ways. And let me tell you, just like God gives grace, we can learn to give grace as well. And, and even we don't understand. And by the way, children will accept the tough things about God a lot easier than adults do. We've been trained by our own selfish desires and the culture and our sin. But children can get it. And so, but what if I abuse my kids in the name of God? That's a problem. And then you have, well, God endorses abuse. And then, um, so that's why, so that could be a problem. That's where you could... Because what you bring up could actually happen, and it has happened to many, many people. And so I would suggest one of several things has occurred when, when you grow up with a negative view of God because of the way you were disciplined. I would say, one, either the person was abusing you and, and in the name of God and, and never asked for forgiveness, never repented, never asked for, apologized, asked for forgiveness. Second thing, they're not representing God fully. They don't remind you about God's grace. They don't remind you about God's mercy and how God, when he forgives, he doesn't remember our sins anymore. He just, that's it. And so we, we uh, you don't teach them or show them. You never model for them or teach them about God's love. And then you you will talk to them about God's discipline. Yeah. You, you want to know, that's exactly the wrong way to communicate God because you're only reflect, that's what I meant by idolatry earlier. You're turning God into an idol because he's not, it's not really the full real God that you're talking about. You're making him an idol of discipline as, and you're forgetting all the love and the grace that he, that he is love. He is love. The discipline is merely one branch of his love. And so when we focus on the branch, when we forget the tree, it's, uh, it's very sad. You know, Malcolm X said, you can't hate the roots of the tree without hating the tree. And that's exactly what we do to God when we um, only pick the part of the tree we like and we, we, don't, we don't talk about the other stuff, the forgiveness or the moral integrity that maybe we are neglecting because we don't want to obey God in our own personal sins or whatever. So we, we forget the roots of God and the whole tree that God is and we focus on the branch that we like. That's just wrong. That's probably one of the things that happens that makes people have negative views toward God when they're through, through discipline. 
All right. And thank you for for explaining that, because I don't want anybody out there to get the wrong uh, message that, wow, if he's putting the the responsibility on God, then I don't want my kid to walk away having this misconception of God. Understand, we're still reflecting God and teaching God to them. And we got to teach the whole picture. God is both um, judgment as well as grace and mercy. So we have to take it to the whole account. So I love the way you um, explain that. Now, Fred- you know, let me say, look, I'm going to add one thing to that, Joe. Um I had to come to grips with a, uh, with a question a long time ago. Who do I trust to withstand the scrutiny that might come up from a spanking? Who do I trust more, God or me? You think I can stand up to that kind of scrutiny? No, I can't. God can. And so I think there's a much greater chance of negative things happening when I make it about me and don't make it about God because God can handle it. He's, he's perfect. And he's, this is his plan. So I don't know how he works it out, but he works it out. So it's on, it's on me to make sure I don't misrepresent him, but I represent him fully with the love and the reaffirming of love, the guidance, the teaching and the painful discipline. Well said, Frederick. Well said. Now, I got time for maybe about one more question, and um, I'll let you address this, too, because there's still some people I know who may be out there who are totally against a spanking. I don't care what you tell them. I don't care how many times they read it in the Bible that God wants us to discipline our children. But let's 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 um, address that, though. I don't know if you ever heard this thing called Montessori schools. Um, but they're very expensive schools to send your children to, but they have a philosophy and a psychology that they believe in only positive reinforcement. I mean, they, they don't believe in negative reinforcement in order to teach children. And you had alluded to it. And I guess this is a time for you to address it now about having boundaries and everything. What do you think are the negative consequences of not spanking your children? Well, first I, I do want to say again that, some children may only get spanked a couple times in their life. You know, some, but some may require more. And, uh, and I want to add this. The, I've, I've, done, I've interviewed well over a thousand parents and about how they raised their kids. And with people that, I, with children that I really respected, I would ask them. And they, some spanked their kids a lot. Uh, and I, truth, truth be told, some didn't spank their kids at all or very rarely, like only in the rarest of circumstances. But some, some didn't spank of it all. But the one thing they all did was pray a lot. So I'm not, I don't feel competent enough to um, deviate from God's plan. And so um, here's what I want to say about that. Only positive reinforcement. I think it gets down to the definition of positive because when God talks about what the Bible is good for, in 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17, to train up somebody in righteousness, well, some of it is it's it's profitable for training, but it also is profitable for rebuke and correction and teaching. And so I would suggest that positive means constructive, but they might mean it as praising them or what have you. I think spanking is constructive, not destructive. It's constructive, just like praises and affirmations. And I'm a, I don't want to, I don't want to sound like I'm against that because I'm, I'm a huge believer in positive affirmations. Huge, huge. I can't say it enough. Anybody around me knows that I'm always trying to do that. And that's, I think that's also something that needs to be happening in the home. If the discipline is going to be effective, you have to give positive affirmation and and show the good and praise your children when they're doing good for the discipline to be effective. Now, what about the fact that you don't need it? Only positive. I would suggest that there's a lot of smart people in the world and a lot of smart people have suggested that kind of an idea before. And I'm not saying I'm smarter than them. I'm not. They may be able to make a better case just on the basis of what they're saying. But my case is not based on figuring things out and observation and history. My case is based on God's word. And I made a commitment a long time ago, and this is a dividing line for a lot of people. I made a commitment a long time ago that I'm going to live my life by the Bible the best I can. And I'm I'm laying all my cards on, on God, putting all my life in faith in God and his way. And so I would suggest that if God says this, don't discount it because he 
just like he made a plan for marriage. He made a plan for raising children, all this stuff. And you don't spank your 20 year old child, you know, in Proverbs 23, verse one, the wisest man ever, Solomon said, give me your heart, my son. So there's a point at which you, you transition from spanking your children to a dialogue where you're appealing for their heart. And I, um, I just, I could try to explain, explain it away, but I don't know. I believe in positive affirmation, but I just really want to trust in God's word. And God said it. And I think that, that's what it comes down to for me is I continue to see the benefits from it. I've seen, and I've seen a lot of damage happen, not saying in a Montessori school, but I've seen a lot of damage happen when people didn't want to spank and they didn't know how to deal with their kids. They were only using positive affirmation. And I see the kids disrespect them and their kids' hearts are going bad. And this, this does get back to the boundaries. Children, everybody needs clearly understood and consistently enforced boundaries. And I'll, I'll, the best way to describe that is an observation made in a, in a book called I Can, You Can Too by Mamie McCullough. She was um, a big educator. She did lots of renovations in education and creative programs and curriculum. And she also was an associate of Zig Ziglar. She worked for Zig Ziglar. Um, and she, at working as a principal and as a teacher and as somebody who would go into these elementary and high school, elementary schools, she said, every single time I saw a child play in a, 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 recess, park, a recess playground and there were no clear boundaries, no fence, they always would huddle in the middle, and a few of them that would go to the edge would always go too far. But when there was a clearly understood boundary, a fence, they would utilize the whole playground. Didn't matter what state I was in, what age kid, they always used the whole playground when the boundary was clear. Now, I say that to say this, boundaries give us security. You start spanking your kids just because you feel like it, and you're not being consistent and they don't understand the rules and they can't make sense of it, you're gonna make some, not just make somebody mad at God, you're gonna make somebody who has emotional challenges because they don't, they've never had the security or the consistency of you giving them boundaries and guidance and love. And so the boundaries are important and I think that's a, that the pain is a, is a discipline that God creates. Ultimately, God motivates us. People say you're motivated by pain or the avoidance of pain or the acquisition of pleasure. And that the ultimate of that is God, who says, acquire heaven, go to heaven, don't go to hell, the ultimate pain. And um, so I would suggest uh, many, many people out in the, that are respected would suggest that pain, the avoidance of pain, is an even more powerful motivator than the acquisition of pleasure. But um, we don't want to hurt kids and kids, you know, and, I, and so you want to be careful. And has, has bankings ever been abused? You bet. We're sinful people and we make mistakes. But I would suggest God's way is best. And even smart people at like the people who create the curriculum in the Montessori schools might even suggest that pain can have a purpose. Even looking at our biology, we know that pain saves our lives and that people who can't feel pain have very scary lives because they can, they, they're on the verge of death anytime. They never know if I cut my foot. They don't know if I'm burning my hand. And they don't, the pain saves their life. That's what the spanking is supposed to do. Save their life and teach them how to have some discipline. You know, and, and Frederick, that's, that's well said. And we're going to end it on that note because we're running short on time. But I tell you, this episode to me is like what I call now a Real Men Connect classic. <laughs> because this is one of those episodes I think that needs to be saved. And that could be referred to time and time again, because Frederick, I got to tell you, I've just never heard anyone break down disciplining your children. And when it comes to spanking this way, and I think it could bless a lot of families. So I appreciate you um, coming on the show today to share that with us, man. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to um, be on the podcast, brother. I appreciate it, man. I'm honored. I just want this to be a blessing to people. And Frederick, if they wanted to get in contact with you and find out more about what you're doing, like we didn't even discuss about your father-daughter retreat, which I think yeah, is amazing. Okay. We're going to bring you back on to talk about that um, sometime soon. But um, if they wanted to reach out to you and connect with you and find out more about what you do, even about finding out details about this ritual, I'm sure you probably get some emails about those songs and then get oh, yeah. the lyrics to it. <laughs> um, how can they contact you, man? Uh, they can go to my website, which is my name. It's Frederick Gray, which is spelled F-R-E-D-E-R-I-C. G-R-A-Y dot com. 
and you can click a link and ask me a question verbally and I'll get the recording or you can email me, but that's probably the easiest way. You click on a link on the side of the page to ask me a question and I'll respond to it. And um, you can know my retreat page is fatherdaughterretreat.com. But also they can go to Real Men University. If there's men here who want, you know, I don't know. Uh, anyway, Real Men University on Facebook is where we have that, that closed community of the discipleship for men. is another great place where they can get lots of questions answered. Oh, absolutely. I forgot to mention that. Yeah, they can interact with you personally in that place. So we'll put all that in the show notes and they'll have a copy of it so they can just click on any link to get to it. So but for all of you guys out there, um, that's the end of our show. But please do us a favor. This is so important. Take about 30 seconds to go over to iTunes and rate the program for us. It's the best way to help us get this program in the hands, ears and hearts and minds of men just like you. And please don't keep us a secret. Share us with your friends. You guys have made us now the number one podcast for Christian men on iTunes. We couldn't have done it without your help. So until next time, I'm Joe Martin, your man builder with realmenconnect.com reminding you that we are males by birth, but we are men by choice. So each and every day, choose to be the man God called and created you to be because a male is a terrible thing to waste. So until next time, stay strong, stay blessed, and as always, stay in his grip. Thank you for listening to the Real Men Connect podcast with Dr. Joe Martin. Real Men Connect isn't just a podcast. It's a mission, ministry, and movement to help good men become the great men God called and created us to be. And the best is yet to come. So if you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and leave us a review in iTunes. It really helps us to build the podcast and to reach, teach, and impact more men, all for the glory of God. And make sure you check out realmenconnect.com to get our free tools and resources to help you go from good man to great man God's way. Again, that's realmenconnect.com. Thank you for listening. We'll see you in the next episode.